My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Welcome to Laugh Out Loud. I'm your host, Ali Hassan, and today it's a big shout-out to Winnipeg, Manitoba. I've been watching that city's comedy scene just grow and blossom over the last few years, and in November we were finally able to get back there to record some of their terrific comedians. That's the show you're about to hear today. We start things off with a performer who was one of the new faces selected by the Just for Laughs Festival last summer. From the Gas Station Arts Centre in Winnipeg, here is Spencer Adamus. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. That's so nice. You guys are so sweet. Thank you. This is fun. This is the funnest job, I swear. I, I've had a lot of jobs. This one, stand-up comedy, is the most fun. I've had a lot of other ones that uh, I'm bad at, and they're not that much fun. I used to work at a restaurant. I was a waiter. I don't know if anybody here has done that, but you have to be good at social interaction when you're a waiter. And for some reason in my 27 years, that's something I haven't quite mastered yet. Because I have bad habits when I'm like waiting tables. I have a habit where I mimic people's accents. <laughs> and I don't even realize I'm doing it until it's far too late. I was working one time and this guy, he came up to me and he had like a really thick Scottish accent. And he walked up to me and he was like, excuse me, do you know where the washrooms are? And I said back to him, yeah, they're right back there. <laughs> and we just stared at each other for a second. <laughs> Neither one of us knew what to do. And he kind of broke the tension. He was just like, are you Scottish? And I said, I eat. Aye, Captain. <laughs> He's like, whereabouts in Scotland are you from? I was like, right in the middle. I, I didn't... I had to talk like that until he left. I embarrassed myself constantly. Constantly working at a restaurant. It was bad. Like one time I was waiting this one table and there was like a family and this little girl, she dropped her juice off of the table and I wanted to be a hero and catch it for her. I tried to catch it with my hand, but it was too far down, so I tried to catch it with my foot. Yeah, and you can't do that. It's impossible to catch a full glass of liquid with your foot. I'm not Cirque du Soleil, I don't know why I thought I could. And I ended up kicking it right back up at her, at this little kid. Good kick, too. I was kind of proud of myself. Just like a <laughs> And I tried to apologize to this child, right? But like I said, I'm bad at social interaction. I slipped on my words. Instead of sorry, I said, stop that to her. As if she was doing something wrong. 
Like I was upset with her spilling her juice and I was like, not in my restaurant, kid, not in here. <laughs> Spill juice somewhere else. Yeah, constantly. It's not always my fault. I do embarrass myself, but it's not always my fault. One time, this guy, he wanted to propose to his girlfriend at this restaurant. And he came up to me and he told me, he was like, hey man, I'm thinking about proposing to my girlfriend tonight. And I said, good luck. And he was like, no, you were involved. <laughs> I was like, good. <laughs> I love to be involved. He told me his whole idea. He was like, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put this engagement ring in my girlfriend's cake. She's gonna be eating the cake. She's gonna find the engagement ring. I'm gonna propose. And I said, sounds dangerous. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so I did. I buried the engagement ring in the piece of cake. I was watching her eat it. And she got three bites in. And she did not find the engagement ring. And that's when I started to get a little worried. But then she ate the entire piece of cake. Still didn't find the engagement <laughs> ring. And that's when I got really worried. And I had to walk over to the table and be like, hi, how is everything? Is everything okay? And then she said, everything's fine, but I did find something in my cake. And I said, thank God. But then she showed me what she found, and it was a hair that had fallen off of my head and into the cake. And she asked for a refund. And that's when I told her, I think she swallowed $6,000. And when I said that, her boyfriend said, dude, you ruined it. Yeah, oh, I ruined it? Did I ruin it? What was your plan? Were you gonna wait until later, have the most disgusting wedding proposal of all time? Was that your plan? Don't do that, she'll say no. Don't do it. I obviously, I didn't say a word of that to him because I'm very afraid of being in a fight. I am, I don't, like, for those of you that can't see me listening at home, I'm a very small man. I'm very easy to kill, that's how I describe myself. <laughs> Like, what does he look like? Looks like you could kill him with one hand. That's how, I <laughs> that's how I describe what I look like. I'm short, and it's, it does suck to be short. I don't know. I've decided, guys, five, seven, and under, we deserve some sort of money from the government. I don't know. Not a lot, but something, you know? Because it's a harder life. It is. It sucks being short because I have a lot of tall, big friends. I do. A lot of them. I didn't pick them. They picked me. I don't know. They feel like they need to protect me or something. I don't understand it. But they're all friends with me and they like to lift me up off of my feet in public when they see me. It's awful. Because I see these guys every day, right? But for some reason, when I see them in a crowded bar, they hug me like I just got back from war. <laughs> it's not nice. I hate it. Every time I walk in, it's crowded. And they're like, Spencer? Oh my God, it's great to see you. And they lift me over their head like the Lion King. <laughs> for every woman to see. <laughs> and that's awful because I like to think women were thinking of me as an option. <laughs> Before they did that, you know what I mean? Stop that, funny, relax. <laughs> but that's what I, I, maybe some lady walked in and was just like, oh, maybe the, maybe the short blonde guy, I'm gonna go talk to him. Never mind, he got lifted up. <laughs> he got lifted up by his friend, I don't like that kind of thing. 
<laughs> and he ruined that for me. Don't ever lift a short man. Like, we don't like it. Even if I break both of my knees, let me drag myself to the ambulance. <laughs> don't ever save me. I got into an argument with one of my tall friends recently because he said, it's tough to be tall too, bro. And I said, how is that? What's the disadvantage to being tall? And he said, I am so tall, I can't fit into some people's cars. Yeah, that was his big problem. <laughs> I said, that is something you can put in your dating profile and women will be like, oh my God. <laughs> What's that, 6'3"? That's crazy. <laughs> you know, that's attractive to some women. What do I put? What do guys like me put? Like, I'm really good at hide and go seek. What do I put, do you know? <laughs> isn't attractive. <laughs> you like games? You're never gonna find me. You know, like it's... <laughs> That's, there's zero advantages. I can't think of an advantage to being short, you know? Even if you're like a husky guy, you got chubby chasers. I've never heard of little lovers or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough. I don't know. It's emasculating getting lifted up. The only thing that I can think of that's a little bit more emasculating than that was one time I was at Ikea with my girlfriend at the time, and we're both carrying a dresser we had just bought. It was real heavy. We're both kind of struggling with it. And we're walking it back to my car, and a bigger man noticed us struggling with the dresser. So he came over to us, and he said, do you need a hand with that? And my girlfriend went, oh, yes. And he walked over and he took my side of the dresser? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was hanging on to it. He bumped me off of the dresser. He bumped me out of the way, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll hold the door for you guys. And I just held the door for them. I watched them walk to my car, and I was like, wow, they look like a beautiful couple. <laughs> they did. I was like, I want to be stronger. I, don't, I know I'm not going to be able to be taller, but I'd like to be stronger. So I did. I joined a gym, and I don't know what kind, but it wasn't for beginners. <laughs> it's one, not a beginner's gym, I'll tell you that much. Everybody there looked like they had been there their whole life. You know, they all had, they were all ripped. They had motivational t-shirts on. One dude had a shirt on that just said, murder it. I was like, murder what? <laughs> I hope not me. Another dude had like a shirt on that just said, work harder. I was like, I don't like your tone. <laughs> if I had a shirt made, it would just say, Spencer, you can work as hard as you need to. <laughs> and if you need to take a break in between, that's okay too. If your break turns into 45 minutes, maybe you're done, right? <laughs> maybe you're done and you can go home and have a yogurt with your mom. <laughs> It would say all of that on my shirt. It'd be a long shirt, I'd wear it at the gym. <laughs> my friends also found out I was going to the gym and they tried to surprise me by signing up with a, like a personal trainer. They signed me up with him without telling me. Which, tell me, right? As soon as I walk in, there's an enormous man waiting for me. And he's like, he clocked me by how I looked. He was like, are you Spencer? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he's like, you are gonna be my new project. 
I said, one of us needs to settle down, right? Like, <laughs> let's, take it, let's take it easy. But I did a session with him and I was on the bench press, right? And I was struggling quite a bit. I was scared I was gonna drop it. So I told him, I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna need your help here. And he said, no, you don't. <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. <laughs> I'm gonna drop it. And he said, you won't believe in yourself. I said, it has nothing to do with believing. I'm gonna drop it. I don't have the muscle to do this. He said, you do. And I said, I don't. And he said, you got it. I said, I don't. And he said, are you a man or a mouse? And I yelled, I'm a mouse, like really loud. <laughs> and that barely slowed him down. He just yelled, I well, then get the cheese. I was like, I don't want the cheese. I don't need the cheese. I want to go home and have a yogurt with my mom. I don't like this place at all. You guys are fantastic. I'm Spencer Adamus. Thank you so much. That is Spencer Adamus, and you can find his comedy special, Easy to Kill, on YouTube. One quick announcement to make about three different things. Our show at the Icebreakers Comedy Festival in Niagara-on-the-Lake is sold out. I did mention several times that the tickets would go fast. And so a gentle nudge to our friends and fans in Ottawa and Whitehorse. Both those shows are almost three-quarters sold. And to remind you of the details, we'll be at the Schenkman Center for the Arts in Ottawa on Friday, February 16th, and at the Yukon Arts Center in Whitehorse on March 6th. Head to our website, cbc.ca slash laughoutloud, to find out all the details and to get your tickets. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Cafe with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Cafe with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Cafe. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, and for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's get back to our show. This next performer is one half of the Winnipeg improv duo Lady Lumps. She comes in softly, but packs a punch. Here is Danielle Kayahara. Hi. Hi. I'm Danielle. I'll be your nervous energy for the show. Yeah. <laughs> People ask me, how can a nervous wreck like you do comedy and tell jokes in front of people? Don't you get scared going on stage? That's ridiculous. I get scared existing, and that doesn't stop me. Uh, I was very excited to hear that this was mostly going to be audio only because it means that nobody but the folks here can see that my eye twitches when I get nervous. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just nervous by nature. You know, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> In fact, nervous by nature would be my rap name. <laughs> if I ever got caught up in an eight mile style rap game. <laughs> but my eye does twitch, it does. Especially if I'm a little wired or a little tired or I'm worried I've overly perspired. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the rap game. <laughs> I've been trying to improve myself, so I looked into what I could do about this twitch, and my eye doctor, 
who noticed, go figure, um, <laughs> yeah, suggested Botox, which seemed a little dramatic to me because my options are my face being able to move on its own or me being unable to move my face. <laughs> I did research it though. I found a website of a local doctor boasted having given hundreds if not thousands of Botox injections. I thought that sounded pretty good until I realized I want a doctor that knows the difference between a hundred and a thousand. <laughs> that's not medicine, that's just counting. <laughs> doctor, how many cc's of Botox? A hundred should do it. On second thought, let's do a thousand. <laughs> no, thank you. I have been trying to improve myself, though. I don't know if the Botox will be part of my self-improvement journey. Journey being what I call insomnia scrolling through Instagram reels. <laughs> In the boss babe section. <laughs> like the geriatric millennial I am. Yeah. I've seen a number of videos on boosting productivity and achieving your goals, but I don't know if I believe them. I have to disagree with one in particular. I saw several videos saying that you shouldn't bother multitasking because it doesn't make you more productive. And I have to disagree because if I don't pee in the shower, I don't know when I'll find the time. <laughs> have been trying to improve myself. You know, that includes my health. Yeah, you might not know it to look at this little teapot, short and stout, but I'm not as felt as I once was. I know. You might not believe it, but I was once a lean, mean, seven pounds, eight ounces. And <laughs> even then I was carrying baby fat, so I don't know what's happened. I've been working on improving myself because I don't have a significant other to fix instead. Yeah. yeah, I'm open to it though. I'm open to finding love. I've been doing the online dating and I'm hoping it'll lead to offline dating real soon. Yeah, I've stumbled through Bumble, burned through Tinder, binged the hinge, all of them. I even did plenty offish, and it's not for me. Yeah. Instead, I'm focusing all my attention on an app called Kijiji. I know, hear me out. You might think you can't find love on Kijiji. I'm convinced you can find anything on Kijiji. Plus, it has a lot in common with dating apps. Lies, disappointment, bad photography. Everyone's inflating the value of what they actually have to offer. <laughs> Constant fear you're talking to a serial killer. Both types of apps. <laughs> They're the same. But Kijiji offers me some specific perks if you're as socially awkward as I am always. Okay? Like, for example, unlike on Kijiji, did you know it is frowned upon to haggle on a first date? Mm -hmm. It might be okay on a second date. I wouldn't know. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> and unlike a bad date, 
I know how to gracefully exit a Kijiji transaction when it's not going to work out. (laughs) It's very simple. I'll let you in on the secret. You find one small yet undeniable flaw in whatever it is you've gone to see. It's very simple, you know. Example, terribly sorry. I will not be purchasing this used footballing equipment from you today. In the picture, it looked as though that shoulder armor was a bluish green, and it's clearly more of a greenish blue, which will not do. No, thank you, goodbye. Can't do that on a date. So sorry, in your picture, you weren't chewing with your mouth open. And that group photo with your friends made it look like you had a personality. (laughs) No, thank you. Doesn't work out. I think maybe it's more important that we go the traditional route, you know? So I think I should take this opportunity, since I I don't know who's listening, to go the old-fashioned route and look at finding love through word of mouth, okay? Yeah. So I'll give you a brief rundown of my dating profile, you know, some of my interests. And if you're interested, you can find me. If you know an eligible single, let them know. Like, it'll work out. Who knows who's listening? Could be great. Uh, So where do we start? Um, Hi, I'm Danielle. I'm an Aquarius, obviously. Uh, I'm... Smart and silly and hardworking, and I love coffee. In fact, I love coffee so much that when I was in school, I worked two jobs at competing coffee chains. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say I was a real double double agent. <laughs> LOL. That part doesn't translate from the profile very well. What else? I like going on walks and going for car rides and getting treats, so I think I might have been a puppy in a past life. Because I'm cute and cuddly. And sometimes when I get excited, I pee a little. So there's that. I'm a vegetarian. Again, I know I hide it well. But there's lots of kinds of vegetarians these days. For example, I'm the kind of vegetarian who will eat eggs and dairy, uh, but who will abstain from the gym. So, yeah, I think it's a a lazy ovo vegetarian. Yeah, I've thought of adding fish into my diet for more protein, uh, which I'm told would make me pescatarian, uh, but I was raised Catholic, so I don't know. if that would work out. I do have a cat, but I am willing to put her down for the right person. I know it sounds harsh. Hear me out. She's very old, and I was forced to take her in after my parents passed away, and I'm only 60% sure she didn't have something to do with it. Yeah, you can laugh at Little Orphan Danny. It's okay. It's important to laugh at the dark things. And rest assured, I know my mother would be laughing because I inherited my dark sense of humor from her in the will. And 
And my father would be laughing too, because he'd want to look like he got the joke. So, yeah. No, he was a very funny man. I inherited a lot from him as well. His dedication, you know, his special work ethic, you know, his crush on my mom's friend, Sandra. My nerdiness comes from him as well. Um, I still remember when he brought home from his IT job, our family's first computer. It was very exciting. I think it's also where I inherited my love of petty theft. Uh, Yeah. And one thing I regret is that we never got to play Dungeons and Dragons together when it made a comeback, you know? Because I think it would have been really fun to tell stories of adventures with him, you know? Real fantastical stuff. Shooting goblins with crossbows and stabbing orcs with short swords and having conversations with attractive strangers at taverns, you know? (laughs) Stuff I could never do in real life. (sighs) Really hope this word of mouth thing works out. (laughs) I mean, okay. There is a chance that I've been going about this all wrong because I do think that maybe I should be looking at my dating profile a little more like I looked at my LinkedIn profile when I was setting it up for the first time. I'm not saying to lie, I'm saying spin, (laughs) right? Like my LinkedIn profile doesn't say I'm anxious and neurotic. (laughs) No, it says I have great attention to detail, right? Ugh, it doesn't say that I have a terrible fear of failure that's near paralyzing. No, it just says I exceed expectations, <laughs> right? Does it say I have authority issues? No, I work well with very little supervision. <laughs> right? If I had to describe how I would sometimes go to the bathroom to cry, I would write highly proficient in strategic waste management. <laughs> just got to do the same thing with the dating profile. Right? Exactly. Like, am I boring? No, I'm reliable. (laughs) Am I codependent? No, I'm open to feedback. Constant feedback. (laughs) Are you mad at me? Why are you mad at me? (laughs) Do I have five to seven years experience in long-term relationships? Maybe not, but I'm a quick learner, (laughs) despite being mostly (laughs) self-taught. I'm not desperate, I'm just motivated, you know? It's a lot. I will be honest, I'm probably overthinking it, as that is a thing that I do constantly all the time right now. Mm -hmm. Like if I had a nickel for every time I overthought a tiny detail that nobody cares about at all, only matters to me, I swear, I would have like... (sighs) (laughs) Carry the two. Hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. How am I to know? I'm not a doctor. 
I'm just Danielle Kayahara, and you are all just fantastic. Please welcome back to the That is Danielle Kayahara, and you can find more of her online at shetellsjokes.ca. And that's our show. My thanks to the Gas Station Art Center and sound engineers Brian Harder and Jared Hillel, and a special thanks to my producer, Lee Pitts. Thank you for listening to Laugh Out Loud on CBC Radio 1. I'm Ali Hassan, and I'll see you back here real soon. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.